Well, what's up, Element Church? If you're new here, my name is Jeff Manis, lead pastor here at Element. So thankful that all of you uh, are here with us today, including those of you who are joining us via video or on demand sometime this week. Thanks for, for tuning in. We're glad you're with us as well. And before we dive into week number two of our sermon series called Labels, I just want to take a little bit of time here as your pastor to say thank you uh, for leading the way in generosity this last week through iHeart. Cheyenne, and specifically yesterday during the back-to-school bash. We've had many people who have already said we could not have afforded school supplies for our children unless uh, you were uh, there to provide these for us. And I've been blown away by the commitment level of so many of you. Some of you guys took vacation all last week to serve at multiple events. Blows me away. Uh, We are truly a part of an amazing group of people here, so thanks so much uh, for all you did at iHeartCheyenne this last Last week. As I said, uh, we're in week number two of a sermon series called Labels, Living in Our True Identity. And labels are a powerful thing, uh, both positive and negative. They have the power to shape our identity, to, to, to define who we believe we are. And the reality is, uh, when I know who I am, or more importantly, maybe when I know whose I am, it can begin to change the way I actually live my life. Two years ago this month, uh, a lifelong friend of my brother and I, his name is Ryan, uh, he lives in Dallas, Texas, he called us up and he said, hey, my company has a corporate suite at the Dallas Cowboys football stadium. Uh, would you guys like to come down, and I got the suite reserved already, and go watch the college football kickoff classic game for free in the company suite? So uh, any Dallas Cowboy fans here today? All right, we'll pray for you. Um, okay, um, anybody ready for football to start in general? Yes time for a real sport to begin again. So if you don't know, uh, the Cowboy Stadium is officially called AT&T Stadium. Many fans call it Jerry World uh, in reference to the eccentric owner of the Cowboys, Jerry Jones. And if you've never seen it, it is a massive, massive stadium. In 2009, they set an NFL attendance record of over 105,000 fans uh, watching a game live there in person. The scoreboard is one of the largest in the world. It sits over the center of the field spanning from the 120-yard line all the way to the other 20-yard line. So as a, as a football fan, it's a bucket list type stadium to go see a game in. I said, absolutely, we're coming down. So my brother and I flew down to Dallas. And because we were a part of a corporate suite there at the game, we didn't have to park in the parking lot. I didn't even know they had this. We got to drive underneath the stadium to valet parking. So we pulled underneath AT&T, Jerry World, to underneath there to the valet parking. We got out of the, the car we were in. The, this valet lady starts walking over toward us. As she's walking toward us, she says to our friend, Ryan, Ryan, and gave him a hug. And he's like, yeah, these guys with me. He's like, yeah, we are with him, definitely. And so we walked like maybe 50 yards through this amazing VIP lounge and then onto the, the field level at AT&T Stadium. And I tried to capture the magnitude of the stadium with some pictures. So here's a panoramic picture from the field level of AT&T Stadium. I got some pictures of how big the scoreboard is. Here's one from down on the field looking up to the scoreboard. I got some from the upper deck as well. Some pictures there of just, I mean, that scoreboard is absolutely massive. There's one from the end zone as well. Gives you a picture. I mean, that place is absolutely huge. It's huge. 
So we, you know, walk around for a little bit, take some pictures. Then we walk through the, the back hallways of AT&T Stadium, passing one security person after another. Almost all of them knew Ryan by name. And all I had to do was like show my pass, like on Wayne's World, backstage pass. So show the pass and you go right on through all the way to this suite. And it was Sweet. It was a field level corporate suite. Again, I got some pictures for you to enjoy. We were right on the edge of the tunnel where the teams come out to play. This was Oklahoma State versus Florida State opening game. Florida State was defending champions that year coming off their national championship game. So when they're warming up, they're literally right there by the end zone. Jameis Winston, their uh, quarterback of Florida State, they, when the action was on the field close to us, they literally almost reach out and, and touch them right there. And so on the outside of the suite was regular stadium seating and nothing above you. But you go back inside this open air suite and there was a TV on the wall there showing the game out on the field plus other games happening that day. Then there was an unlimited buffet included in the corporate suite with hot dogs and brats and burgers and fajitas and nachos and dessert and an array. Any beverage you could literally imagine practically was there. I got a picture of me uh, sitting down eating my buffet uh, with the the field out there. And so uh, you might wonder, well, you could have got all those pictures off the internet and not even been there. So I have one to prove that I was actually there. Here's my, me and my friend Ryan and my brother there. It was Oklahoma State playing, but I wasn't about to wear any Oklahoma State gear because I wore the real team, Oklahoma University right there, sooner born and sooner bred. And when I die, I'll be sooner dead. So we were there supporting Oklahoma uh, and cheering against Oklahoma State. But you might be thinking, well, why are you telling us that whole story and sharing that reel of your vacation pics? Because Duh, I wanted to make you jealous. Hello. <laughs> Here, here's the real reason why. On any other day, any other day, I would have been arrested or at the very least thrown out of AT&T Stadium if I was trying to get access to all that, all that stuff that I had access to on that day. But on that day, because of who I was, or more importantly, because of who I was with, I was given access to so much more than I could ever imagine. And that's exactly what I want to talk to us about today. This whole series we're in is built off one passage in the Bible found in the New Testament letter of 1 Peter. If you don't know, Peter was one of the 12 original disciples of Jesus. He was an eyewitness to the life and ministry, death and resurrection of Jesus. And so now because Jesus is alive, he rose from the dead, he writes this letter to Christians in the Roman province at the time, explaining to them who they are in Christ. Because when you know who you are, you begin to live in the true identity of your life. So 1 Peter 2 9 through 11, we'll read this every week as we did last week as well. Peter says this to these Christians. But you are not like that. You're not like those who reject God. For you are a chosen people. As we looked at last week, if you want to catch up from last week's message, if you weren't here, you can watch it or listen to it online. And then he says this next label we're looking at today. You are royal priests, not royal pains. We all have those in our life and not royal Pokemon Go players. Can I get a witness? We don't need that anymore. You are royal priests, a holy nation, God's very own possession. As a result, you can show others the goodness of God, for he called you out of the darkness into his wonderful light. 
Once you had no identity, it's important as a people. Now, though, you are God's people. You have your true identity. Once you received no mercy, now you have received God's mercy. Dear friends, I warn you, as temporary residents and foreigners, to keep away from worldly desires that wage war against your very souls. So four labels in this passage here, we'll look at one of them each week, but not all four of these labels apply to all of us the same. Only one of the labels apply to everyone, and we looked at that one last week, it's the label of chosen. And I told us last week, we are all, in, whether, no matter what you believe, we are chosen by God. In spite of our shortcomings, in spite of our sins, and to be set free, we are chosen. So all of us are chosen by God, but only those who choose to put their faith in God through Jesus receive the benefits of being chosen or the benefits of these other three labels that we all start looking at today. So you might be here, maybe you're watching online, and you're thinking, I don't currently believe in God. I've not chosen to put my faith in him through Jesus to be saved. And so maybe you're thinking, if this label doesn't apply to me, why should I even listen today? And my answer is, I guess you don't have to, but I think that would be a mistake. I think it'd be a mistake because even though this label may not currently apply to you, it doesn't mean it can't apply to you. And I am so thrilled that you are here, even if you don't believe, because my hope and my prayer and my desire is that in hearing the benefits of putting your faith in Jesus and hearing those benefits, my hope is you will at least start to question your faith in God and your next step that you might take in him. Peter said, not only are you chosen, but when you believe you are royal priests, now, most of us like the idea of royalty, right? Like I, would, I could handle the benefits of royalty. But then you hear the word priest, and maybe you're like, whoa, 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 whoa. I don't want to be a priest. That's not who I am. Not, uh, you don't want me preaching a sermon. Like, that's not what God's called me to do. I don't know enough about the Bible. And maybe you're a female, you're saying, I thought only men could be priests. Or maybe you're a guy, you're thinking, I thought priests had to be celibate. Ain't no way. So I don't want to be, right? Can I get an amen up in here? So I don't want to be a priest. So let me kind of ease uh, the concerns about being a priest with this big idea that will drive everything else today. And it's this, the label of priest is not a burden to achieve, but a benefit to receive. The label of priest, it's not a burden, not something to do. It's not a burden to achieve, it's a benefit to receive. So if there's a benefit to being a royal priest, I think we want to know what that is, right? So that's the big question for today. What is the benefit of being a royal priest? What's the benefit of being a royal priest? Main scripture We're going to go to the book of Romans, also in the New Testament, chapter 8, verses 15 through 19. Romans was written by a guy named Paul. If you don't know this, this is important. Paul used to hate Jesus and hate Christians. In fact, he murdered Christians in the name of his Jewish religion and faith, but then he met Jesus, and Jesus saved him, changed him, sent him on a mission to evangelize the world. He wrote this letter called Romans to Christians in Rome, and he wrote about our identity. 
identity in Christ. So if you're following along in your own Bible, you can do that. Otherwise, it's on the screens. You can use a free Bible app called YouVersion. Uh, you can download it on any smartphone. And if you don't own a Bible, uh, you can ask for one at guest services. We'll give you one for free. Jumping right in. Romans 8, first part of verse 15 says this. So you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you received God's spirit when he adopted you. Everyone help me out and say adopted. When he adopted you as his own children. So what's the benefit of being a royal priest? Good news for you is today, I only have one point in my sermon. Before you get too excited, bad news is there's three sub points to my one point. And so here's the one point to my whole sermon, and then we'll look at the other ones as well. And this is huge, okay? Here's the first and only benefit, and the other ones run from this one. We are adopted into God's family. We are adopted into God's family. So... How does this idea of adoption and then this label of royal priest work together? How does it work together and what does it mean? And just for a few minutes here, I'm going to go Bible nerd on us. And I was just geeking out all week long on this. So if there's any other Bible nerds in the room, you're going to appreciate this as well. This will set up kind of everything else today. So we're going to go Bible nerd just for a second. So you're going to think I'm weird. That's okay. I know I am. Just deal with it. According, according to Jewish law and custom, both royalty and the priesthood could only be obtained through birthright or through your lineage. So unless your dad was a king, and specifically a descendant of King David, you had no right to the throne. You would never be a prince or princess, a king or a queen. And unless your dad was a priest, you couldn't be a priest either. In fact, it was so specific among the Jews... Unless you were a descendant of Levi, you could not be a priest. Unless you were a descendant of Aaron, you could not be a high priest. Well, then Jesus comes along. We believe as Christians, Jesus is God in the flesh. And he is described in scripture not only as a great high priest, but also as our king. This is huge. Through the Virgin Mary, okay, we've got to understand this, through the Virgin Mary, Jesus was literally born into the line of King David. She was a descendant of David, making him the first ever royal priest. So follow me here, okay? Jesus said, when you believe in me, you will be born again. And what are we born into? We already read it. We are born into God's family. We are adopted as his children by the spirit of Christ in the line of Christ, making us what? Royal priests. Isn't that cool? That's cool. Like I'm nerding out right now and you're like, you are so weird and I understand. So maybe you're saying, okay, Jeff, go off on your nerd stuff. It's cool and everything. I get the parallels. Truly amazing. God, uh, you know, chose me. He adopted me. I'm a royal priest, but I still don't know what that means for me. Good news is the rest of Romans chapter eight tells us. And so Romans eight, now 15 and 16, Paul says this now, or Because we are adopted, now that you are his child, now we call him Abba Father. 
which in our modern translation, it's a term of endearment, as a, as a child would say to their, to their dad. We would say, Daddy, Daddy. They say, Abba, Father. We would say, Daddy, Daddy. Now we call him Daddy, Daddy. For his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. So the label of priest is not a burden to achieve. It's a benefit to receive. What's the benefit? We're adopted. That starts it. And here's what that means. Letter A is this. We have instant access to God. We get instant access to God. Think about the phrase daddy for just a few minutes with me, okay? If you are a dad, if you're a father, you love it when your children call you daddy. If you're a child, at some point, uh, you called your dad, I would assume, daddy. Uh, Boys usually grow out of that because we're too cool and manly to use that word. But a lot of girls use that word daddy all the way until their dad is no longer uh, present on the planet. And every week, unless I'm not feeling well or we're doing an extra service or something, typically every week, I go out into the lobby to greet as many of you as I possibly can. But I think you'll understand, as much as I enjoy greeting you, I think you'll understand my greatest joy standing out in the lobby is not when, it, I, don't, I hope I don't burst your bubble, but it's not when any of you say hi to me, shake my hand, or give me a hug. My greatest joy is when one of my kids, usually one of my girls, comes running up to me out in the lobby and says, Daddy, and just boom, just buries themselves in my arms. They'll stand with me. Sometimes they'll even hold my hand. I absolutely love that. But here's the thing. Not everyone has that same kind of access to me, do they? I mean, how weird would that be if today you came running to me saying, daddy, wrapped your arms around me, then stood with me holding my hand. And please don't do that today, okay? (laughs) That would be really, really awkward. Like I've let my kids stand with me when I'm talking with some of you. I've let them stand with me when I've prayed with some of you. I've let them stand with me when you shared personal, sensitive information with me. They can walk right into my office without knocking. They can hang out with me backstage. They can come early to church at 6.45 in the morning and be here for our Sunday morning run-through. Why? Because they're my kids. My kids. And the same is true for us with God. I think sometimes, even as Christians... There are Christians and people who believe that the pastor or the priest has some special access to God that that non-pastors, non-priests don't have. That's how the original priesthood was set up, and quite honestly, it's how a lot of churches are still set up today. Only the priests had access to God. In the Jewish faith, only the high priest could go into the place in the temple called the Holy of Holies where the actual presence of God dwelled. The Holy of Holies was separated by a curtain. Someone told me this morning the curtain was 18 inches thick. The Holy of Holies was separated by a curtain from the rest of the temple. The the priest only went into the Holy of Holies one time a year on the Day of Atonement. And it was so dangerous to go into the Holy of Holies, the priest would wear bells on the bottom of their robe, and then they would have a rope tied to their leg, and that rope would go out past the curtain. So if the high priest went into the presence of God and actually died, they would stop hearing the bells move, and they would pull him out by the rope like if the wrong person went into the holy of holies you died immediately so that was what these people were were used to 
So when Peter says, and writes this letter, and says, no, you who believe, you are royal priests. This was a game changer to the faith. That not only are we adopted into God's family, but because of that, we have instant access to the holy presence of God. The writer of Hebrews in the New Testament says this, Hebrews 10, 19 through 22. And so, dear brothers and sisters, children of God, royal priests, we can boldly enter heaven's most holy place because of the blood of Jesus. Like me at the Dallas Cowboys Stadium, because I was with Ryan, I got in. And because we're with Jesus, we get in. Amen? By his death, Jesus opened a new and life-giving way through the curtain, listen to this language, into the most holy place. I would encourage you sometime this week, read the story of the death of Jesus in Matthew chapter 27. And many of you already know this, but here's what I'll tell you. When Jesus died, Matthew records that in the temple, the curtain that separated the regular people from the priestly people, the holy of holies from the rest of the temple, that curtain when Jesus died was torn in two from top to bottom, signifying no longer do you you need to go through a priest to come to me. You come directly to me through Jesus. Then he says this, and since we have a great high priest, that's Jesus, who rules over God's house, let's go right into the presence of God with sincere hearts, fully trusting him. Church, the access that we have Every day to the holy presence of God is unlimited compared to the days of the Bible. In the Old Testament, the Jewish people who lived, they longed for what we have access to every single day. So can I challenge us with something, church? Let's stop waiting until Sunday to access the presence of God and start accessing his presence every single day. If this, if, and this is awesome, by the way. I think we have the best worship team on the planet. Like what happens in this room during worship, what, what happens here together is special. But if this is the only time you are coming into God's presence, that would be like my girls only coming to me on Sunday in the lobby. And we would not have a healthy father-daughter relationship. So how can I expect to have a healthy son-father relationship if this is the only time I'm intentionally coming into his presence? Through our faith in Jesus... We are adopted as children into the family of God. And because we are his own children, we are royal priests. But that label priest, please, it's, it's not a burden to achieve. It's a benefit to receive. And that first benefit, I have, I have instant access into the holy of holies. Like Jewish people from the Bible, this truth would blow their minds. And we just take it for granted. Then Paul says this, Romans 8, 17. 
And since we are his children, we're his heirs. In fact, together with Christ, we are heirs of God's glory. So the, another benefit of being his child, letter B, is this. We have an inheritance available from God. We have instant access, and we have an inheritance available. Now people are listening up like, God's got an inheritance for me? Like, if, I, there's, if God's got one, I want it, right? Well, we often, I think most of us, think of an inheritance as something we have to wait for, right? Like if you have a loved one that has an inheritance, you don't get it until they're gone. Or if you are a prince or a, or a princess, um, I'm not t- I'm, all of you ladies are princesses, don't get me wrong, but if you're a prince or a, or a princess, okay, you, you don't get the throne, the crown, until the queen or king is gone. You wait for it. But the great part about our inheritance, this is so good, as royalty with Jesus is this. The inheritance we have from God is not something we have to wait for. Better yet, it's not even something we have to work for. The inheritance we have from God is something we can walk in right now. This might be the best thing you'll ever hear all week, so so listen good. Eternal life doesn't begin when we die Eternal life started when we believed. Yet there are so many of us living our lives as Christians as if we have to wait for our inheritance. That if somehow, some way, I make it to heaven, then I'll get the blessing that God has for me. But Paul said, Ephesians 1 verse 3 said this, All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us, With every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms, because we are united with Christ. Because, in other words, for this message, we are royal priests. So maybe you're thinking, like, what's my inheritance? I mean, what blessing is God going to bestow? I want want to see it. I want to hold it. And isn't that the problem? I think for a lot of us, me included, we expect God's blessings to be something we can hold. But the inheritance available to us today is not something we hold. It's something we have on the inside that cannot be taken away. Jesus said, I will give you life, not living and breathing life, but life to the full. John 10, verse 10, the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that you might have life and have it to the full. It's our mission here at Element Church to help people experience life to its fullest in Christ. In John 14, verse 27, Jesus says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. It's a peace the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid that when the storms of life rage, I will give you peace. Romans 15 verse 13, may God, the source of hope, fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust him. Then you'll be filled with confident hope. So there is hope in our inheritance that this life is not all there is, that God is greater than my problems. There is joy in our inheritance, which by the way is different than happiness. Happiness is determined by my circumstance, but 
joy is delivered in spite of my circumstance. That life might be going like this, but my joy is like this because it's an inheritance from God. Ephesians 3 verse 16, out of God's glorious riches, he will strengthen us and give us power by his spirit in our inner being. So there is strength and power available in our inheritance today. I could go on and on and on that because we who believe are royal priests, there is an inheritance today available from God. And that inheritance includes life to the full and joy and peace and hope and strength and power and every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms. I'm preaching about 80% better than you're responding right now because that's some good news, church. I will tell you when I want an amen, and you just gave it, so thank you. When I'm sweating, I expect some kind of response. But imagine I went to that college football game at Cowboy Stadium. Instead of going to the suite, I watched from the upper deck, hundreds of feet away from the actual game. Or maybe I went to the suite, but I I stood inside watching the screens instead of enjoying the game that was literally feet away from me on the field. Or I go to the suite, but I didn't access any of the buffet food that was included. Praise the Lord. (laughs) Didn't get a brat or a hot dog or nachos or fajitas. I had it all, trust me. Like my, my admission was paid, but I never experienced any of the blessings it included. Hello. That's where too many Christians live life. Your admission's been paid, right? Jesus died for your sins. You put your faith in him. So your admission's paid, but you're just waiting for heaven. So again, can I challenge us? Let's stop waiting to experience heaven and start living in the blessings of heaven available to us today. Through faith in Jesus, we are adopted as children into the family of God. And because we're his children, we are royal priests. So what's the benefit? It's not a burden to achieve. A benefit to receive is what it is. So we have instant access to God, inheritance available from God. And then look at these last words here from Paul. But if we, if we are to share his glory, we must also share his suffering. Yet what we suffer now is nothing compared to the glory he'll reveal to us later. For all creation is eagerly, is waiting eagerly for that future day. Now he's talking about heaven. When God will reveal who his children really are. So here's the last benefit of being a royal priest. Letter C is this. We will overcome adversity because of God. We will overcome adversity because of God. Don't read verse 17 without reading verse 18. Because you read verse 17, and you think, man, I'm, I'm all about receiving God's glory, but I don't know about that suffering stuff. I don't want suffering. I don't think anybody does, right? Some of you are going through suffering. You're like living this verse. So don't read verse 17 without reading verse 18. Verse 17 was, you're going to suffer. Verse 18 was, What we suffer now, though, is nothing compared to the glory he'll reveal later. 
that, yes, we have an inheritance available today that we need to live in, but there is also another inheritance called heaven that is coming. And it's hard to see right now. When you go through trouble and trials and sorrows, it's hard to see, but there is a glory awaiting that will make what you're going through now, doesn't make it better, but it makes what you're going through now pale in comparison to the glory you'll receive later. 2 Corinthians 4, 16 through 18. The Apostle Paul just gets done writing about all the trouble he's facing. He says this, That is why we never give up. Though our bodies are dying, our spirits are being renewed every day. For our present troubles are small and won't last very long, yet they produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs them all and will last forever. So we don't look at the troubles we see now. Rather, we fix our gaze on things that cannot be seen. The inheritance we already have and the inheritance that's yet to come. For the things we can see now will soon be gone, but the things we cannot see will last forever. Now, I know there's some people, and they say things like, well, the faith in God, faith in Jesus, faith in the Bible, that's nothing but a crutch for weak-minded people. And I say, hold on, friend. Faith in God, faith in Jesus, faith in the Bible is not a crutch for weak-minded people. It is a foundation that stands the test of time. Proverbs 10 verse 25 says this, when the storms of life come, not if they come, when they come, and some of you are in some storms right now, when the storms of life come, the wicked are whirled away, but the godly have a lasting foundation, cannot be shaken. Why? Because we have the power to overcome adversity in the name of Jesus. We are adopted as his children. Because of that, we are royal priests. It's not a burden. It's a benefit. That benefit is I have instant access to God. Anytime, any day. I have an inheritance awaiting from God of life, joy, peace, power, hope, strength. And I can overcome adversity, not in my strength, because of God. I'm just going to ask you to bow your heads if you would. Close your eyes. You might say, hey, Pastor Jeff, I, I, I believe in Jesus. Like, I know I'm already adopted. I put my faith in him. But I'm going through trouble right now, and my eyes have not been fixed on what cannot be seen. My eyes have been fixed on what I can see, trouble. And I just want to say, that's me, I'm acknowledging that. And I want to fix my eyes on Jesus, what cannot be seen. And I want you to pray for me. If that's you, just raise your hand. I'm, I'm just, I, my eyes are fixed on trouble. Lots of hands, lots of hands, lots of hands, lots of hands. God, I pray in the name of Jesus right now that you give strength and peace and life and joy and hope and power to those say, I, I, my eyes are fixed on these things I see now. I want to fix them on things that cannot be seen. So help them fix their eyes on you. And put your hands down. Maybe you're here though and you say, man, I, I'm the one you were talking about earlier that doesn't believe in Jesus, but I've heard the benefits, at least some of them. 
That sounds pretty amazing. I want that access to God. I want the inheritance from God. I want the power to overcome adversity. And if that's you and you have never put your faith in Jesus, he's here right now. (laughs) There is no holy of holies any longer. This is the holy of holies. And he's waiting to meet with you. And so if you want to ask Jesus into your heart right now to be the savior of your life and to help you live for him, I want you to pray this prayer just silently in your heart to God. You can pray this prayer. Father in heaven, I believe in Jesus. That he is the only way to heaven. He is your only plan for salvation. So I give my life to you. Forgive me of all my sins, everything I've ever done. Forgive me, wash me clean by the blood of Jesus. Wash me clean. I will turn from the way I have lived. I'll do my best to follow you, God, if you'll help me. I receive from you salvation. Come into my heart. Make me new. Thanks for choosing me. Now I'm I'm a part of your family. In Jesus' name, amen. If you're here today and you just prayed that prayer to ask Jesus into your heart, this is the safest place you'll ever have to acknowledge it, and that's what I'd like you to do. If you ask Jesus in your heart just now, would you raise your hand and say, that's me, leave it up. I just asked Jesus into my heart. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Awesome. Anybody else? Raise your hand right where you're at. It's awesome. Praise God. Praise God. Yeah, it's awesome. Listen, I say it every single week. It's the best decision you'll ever make, but it is the hardest one you will ever live. And so we want to help you, and we uh, wrote a devotional called 21. It's a next step for you if you're new to the faith. It gets you in the Bible, 21 chapters in the Gospel of John. uh, there in the Bible that will get you taking some next steps in your walk with Jesus. We'd love to know about it too. One of the best ways to grow is to tell somebody. And so if you'd write down on your connection card, I asked Jesus into my heart, stop by guest services, get a a next steps packet there, and we'd love to give you one for free today. I love you guys. Uh, Thanks for being here. Let me pray for you, and then remain seated. Pastor Brennan's got some closing remarks. God, you're so good. I thank you, Lord, that you chose us. And that when we choose you back, we become royal priests. It's who we are. Help us live inside our true identity, having instant access to you, the inheritance that we would have available, and the power to overcome adversity. Lord, help us live in that reality. In Jesus' name, amen.